and welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Voodoo Rubric Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forest Hill, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa New to PapaNew.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Reworkers, Papa G of SouthernFolkMagic.com in Nashville, Tennessee, bringing us today's topic on Voodoo Perfumery. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, contra, or root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Contraman Ali. Miss Cat? Ah, thank you, Papa Newt, and uh, nice to hear your voice. We were just chatting before the start of the show. And uh, this is a Four Taurus show. So a Four Taurus show is um, one of our wonderful things where everybody on the show, the announcer, the two co-hosts, and the guests are all Tauruses. And I just got to say, this topic, which is um, perfumery, is absolutely perfect for a Four Taurus show. But uh, so... The other thing that came up while we were chatting is how we were all coping with this big uh, pileup of Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn, which has half the astrologers in the world freaking out and um, and half of their clients freaking out. And um, we were talking about what we Tauruses were doing. We're, we're not freaking out. We're just working on our websites and rearranging our workshops. And, and um, you know, it's a, it's a tourist thing. So, Papa Newt, what have you been doing this last week? I'm trying to stay warm for one. <laughs> our temperature has <laughs> dropped and got snow. Um, but uh, I'm also revamping my entire website as well. Oh, it's been a God. project. <laughs> no. ah! <laughs> this is hysterical. <laughs> okay. So Papa G and I are and you are all three revamping our website. Let's uh, we're gonna have to ask Kondra Manali. Uh Kondra Manali, are you there yet? I I'm here, yeah. Are you revamping your website? You know what's funny is I'm not revamping my my Conjurman Ali website, but I am revamping my academic website. Uh, I just sent in <laughs> a new profile photo and whatnot. So it's it's oh, definitely Lord. the season for it. Well, as I said to Papa G before the show, this is how you know the end of the world is coming as far as half the astrologers are concerned, and the Tauruses are saying, "Going, I must revamp my website." <laughs> All right, we're such we're so slow to get the message about the end of the world. <laughs> oh, and Miss Athena ah. says I'm not a Taurus, but I'm tweaking my website too. Well, good for you, Miss Athena. And Papa G in the chat says that's how we ground. It is in, indeed we we do ground. Well, um, 
So I haven't been down in the shop much because I've been, you know, working on website issues with Nagashiva. We've been having a a tremendous um, uplift in website. But I do have one announcement to make, and that is that an oil that I have been making, I guess you could call it sub rosa or secretly, for a number Mm. of years for people, which is called Oil of Gladness, I finally, it it hit the threshold where I got tired of writing out the little handwritten labels, you know, for the special product, and I decided to actually make a graphic label, and so Oil of Gladness now is on the website, and you can buy it. And for those unfamiliar with Oil of Gladness, uh, you may turn in your Bible to Psalms number 45, and this is an oil that is used to anoint the body. And uh, mm. it is used for uh, love situations and particularly used um, by women to wake up men sexually and lovingly and to marriage and to happiness. And it can be used by men to wake up women. And so it's a wonderful oil, oil of gladness. And uh, it's now available and it smells real nice, too. Um so that's the only news I have. Um, so tell us what's going on in your world, Conjurman Ali. Oh, not much. Just getting the new year started off right. I've uh, been quite busy. Uh, 2020, uh, I was just joking the other day that 2020 feels like uh, an even longer year than 2019 did. The decade <laughs> that was 2019, for whatever reason, this month has been a really busy month. Uh, it's it's not a, a sort of slow start uh, to the year. It's been very busy. Lots of clients uh, have piles of emails that I have to respond to. Uh, lots of lots of work, but and that's a good thing. I'd much rather have uh, stuff to do than nothing to do. Said the Taurus. Um, and and as you rightly noted, uh, all the astrologers of the world are kind of freaking out with the way things are are going. I did do my uh, yearly reading just real briefly just based off of the astrology of the Saturn conjunct Pluto that's going on right now in Capricorn, this is the year of the underworld, right? And the underworld very mm-hmm. clearly mm-hmm. Um, uh, kind of raising the dead, so to speak, in old debts uh, from time long since forgotten coming due. And it's literally within this time period that we're seeing, I mean, volcanoes erupt, right? I mean, that is nothing, nothing is Pluto conjunct Saturn and Capricorn than, than that, an underworld really quite literally uh, blowing up fumes. So watch 2020. It's a weird one, um, and and it's definitely uh, the kind of the ghosts of history coming back to haunt us uh, to a certain degree. Um, but yeah, so it's been in, it's been interesting. I, in addition to being super busy, I've been poring over charts and uh, year readings, and it's been it's been a wacky one. Yeah, I've been doing a lot more astrology lately, too. For some reason, um, all of the astrology clients have come out of the woodwork. and um, It's kind of like that thing with that oil of gladness, something that I've done all my life. Yeah. But a, a very few people were asking me for astrology. They know me as a tarot reader, and that's what they wanted. And suddenly, all these old clients say, I didn't know you were an astrologer. <laughs> I was like, I've been mm-hmm. an astrologer, and I'm doing a lot more horoscopes lately. So kind of interesting. Well, let's bring in our guest, Papa G. And as I usually do, I'm going to give him a little bit of an announcement and plug. Papa G is one of my favorite colleagues, 
uh, fellow Taurus, which of course earns uh, you know some points. But uh, Papa G is also one of the most generous and kind colleagues I know. I'm sitting here right now looking at a beautiful tarot bag, a velvet tarot bag purse that he sent me. The colors are so perfect. Everything about it is perfect. I have my tea, and in my tea I have ginger, which was sent to me, courtesy of Papa G. Um, G for ginger. And um, and I'm going to say it, Papa G has been a, a, a wonderful influence on my life. He knows how to please a Taurus by sending <laughs> pretty things and food. So welcome to the show, Papa G, once again. So nice to have you here. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. I don't think I've been on the show since I saw you at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. That's right. That's right. And that was back in May. Well, I hope that you come on the show more often because it's always nice to have you. And um, you always bring interesting topics. So, um, you know, tell us what's going on at your place. Give a little plug to your shop. Tell us a little bit about it before we get into our topic. Well, we own the uh, shop Aroma G's Botanica in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, you can find it at aromagregory.com. Named it 20 years ago, back when people used to put their first names in their websites, Ben and Jerry's, Martha by Mail. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we have just outgrown so many things we now have, including myself and Dr. Bastian. There's six, we have 16 employees. Oh, my. Uh, we have a, a new location for the... We don't like to call it a factory. We call it a studio, but we do manufacture everything we do there in offices, just three doors down from the store. So we've been saying we need a little red um, wagon, a little red flyer to just carry product back and forth from the. Uh, and luckily, we're right <laughs> beside the post office. <laughs> and we've been doing year in bookkeeping and all that stuff. It's been our best year ever so far. Oh, that's wonderful. That's really great. That's good news. I love to see my uh, colleagues and friends prosper, and I know that the Torians among us know how to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So you're you're doing great. And um, now you brought us a, a topic, which is on hoodoo perfume. And I'm going to say a few words about that, and then bring you in. I always um, try to find topics that I think you will love and have a lot to say about too. So. Oh, you're so sweet, and you know me very well. So we well. can pick your brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, um, I am a little older than you, but uh, our lives run very parallel, yours and mine. Um, so uh, perfume in hoodoo has a certain beginning point, you could say. <laughs> when people talk about hoodoo coming out of the slavery experience, you wouldn't expect there to be very much perfume available to people who were chattel slaves. Uh, Maybe if they worked in the house, they certainly wouldn't be having perfume if they worked out in the fields all day. But once emancipation came, hoodoo began to take off. Now, hoodoo existed as the folk magic of black people, but once emancipation came and there was upward mobility and more uh, chances to interact with the commercial aspects of American culture, hoodoo became very different than what it had been. And one of the first things that happened was that there were um, perfumes and makeup and um, other uh, accoutrements of um, Mm -hmm. middle-class life were available to black people. And perfume is something that is very um, individual. People have certain perfumes they like, certain things that they'll stay with their whole life. 
So we're talking about 19th century perfumes, when perfume entered hoodoo in a big way, and I mean a really big way. And so the most common perfumes of that era were the ones that were called upon by um, African-American root workers to signify certain things. And a lot of the lore and legend of that perfume came from European perfume makers because there wasn't a lot of African lore left over and there wasn't a lot of availability during that several hundred years of slavery. So um, things like lavender, rose, and um, bouquets, mm-hmm. which are a kind of perfumes that are of mixed flowers. There's another uh, a sort of range of perfumes, sometimes called white flower perfumes. They're all made with flowers that are white. They have a certain range of scent. Carnation is another that was popular. These, um, and of course, eau de cologne, which was uh, which we mostly now know as 4711 eau de cologne, but there were other brands as well. Hoyt's was a cologne of the same type. Uh, these became popular in Hoodoo, and they were available at a pharmacy or drugstore. They were never made at home. I don't know of any home practitioner who ever made a perfume. They would buy them, but then they would dose them, fix them, change them, and use them in magic. So that's what we're going to talk about. So let me turn this over to you, Papa G. Yeah, when I was looking through... Um I always re- I always teach myself something new whenever I'm going to be on the show because I go do more research than what I know. And there were so <laughs> many things. A lot of them by uh, Val Valmore had um, put out a lot of perfumes, and I had mm-hmm. never heard of this one before. But so far, it's my favorite title: Super Strength Man Bait Perfume. <laughs> yes, that's one from the forties. That's from the forties. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, I mean, there's so many things in perfumery that you can cre- uh, not only create yourself but alter um, yourself to, to fit a condition. I mean, you may get you may take a bottle of off-the-shelf perfume and mm-hmm. add ingredients to it. Um, mm-hmm. I've worn the, sa- worn the same cologne perfume for 35 years, mm-hmm. um, oh. um, which is called Kouros um, by Yves Saint Laurent, and it has things like uh, I looked it up, and it ha- I was surprised to find it has um, orris root in it. Oh, how interesting. Orris root and carnation, patchouli, mm. um, tonka bean, amber, musk, uh, oak moss, and vanilla. Wow. That's interesting. Well, um, I have been a 4711 advocate all my life. My mother used 4711, and I think her mother used 4711, and Probably her mother used 4711, and that's my family's perfume. Although mm-hmm. my mother had a brief flirtation with taboo at one point. <laughs> um, and somebody and gave her a bottle of My Sin, um, which was a very popular, edgy kind of perfume but uh, back in the, the 50s, 40s, and 50s. But she never much used it. She It just was there. But 4711 was my family's perfume, and I actually went to the extent of when I changed my last name to Ironwood, I worked it out so that um, my uh, name and worked out in numerology is 4711. So there you go. I, that was, I, Yeah, I totally went for it. I went for it completely. And, in fact, um, I also had another astrology company called the Durga Shiva Augury Company. That one works out to 4711, too. And I'm just a 4711 freak. If you want to just, um, you know, call me up on the 
on the etheric planes, just open a bottle of 4711. I'll be there. And, you know, and your shop, my shop, we have colognes that all the time, I'm sure you get people say, well, what do you do with this? Like mm-hmm. Kananga water. Mm-hmm. And uh, people tried to come up with all these different ways. Well, how was Kananga water named? I think it's, it was like, a, I think one explanation was it's from a word like Kalunga, which is Angolian, meaning lake, sea, or ocean. But actually, it's from the Latin name because it's, Mainly made, made with Lang Lang, which is actually pronounced Ilong mm-hmm. Ilong. Mm-hmm. And its Latin name is Kananga Odorata. That's right. That's right. So, um, I think Kananga was a way that uh, Europeans tried to pronounce Ilong Ilong. They just couldn't say it, so they just said Kananga. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the same thing. That's true. And all of these have. Um, meanings and that go back and if you go back into some of the old catalogs you mentioned Valmore the clover horn catalogs that I have from the 50s and uh some of the other ones um Nidia uh Caribbean products and so forth they all sold uh, perfumes and colognes that they were particular ones Hoyt's cologne is um, reputed to be good for gambling and magic and I think I mm-hmm. solved the question of why because the name for the Hoyle's game book, you know, uh, rules of gambling, uh, the lettering looks like the lettering for Hoyt's Cologne. Mm-hmm. And at one point, they're, they're so similar that they almost look the same, the word. So it could be that you thought it was Ho- Hoyt's Cologne was Hoyle's Cologne, or you thought that the that the book of gambling rules was um, Hoyt's. They look so similar. Um, and so Hoyt's got to be reputed for gambling, and it works very well for gambling and for good luck. Um, there are other... Um, Perfumes like Florida water, which is a cheaper, what's called a toilet water. We ought to explain here. It doesn't mean a, a bathroom stool. It means um, it means your toilette. It's French, and it means you know where you groom mm-hmm. yourself in the morning. And uh, those are waters that are more watery. A cologne has more perfume or essential oil, and a parfum or perfume has the most essential oil, the least amount of water. And so the the cheaper things like the uh, toilet waters, which are sometimes called colognes, they, they're kind of I would put Florida water in the toilet water section, but they call it a cologne. Those can be used as splashes, and they have a reputation for being um, used. You can use them as additives. They're cheap, so you can use them as additives to floor washes. And they very early on, people began to put them into baths and bathe with Florida water. Mm-hmm. And it's early formula, because I make a, an all-natural Florida water. Its mm-hmm. earliest formula was like lavender and oranges and clove. And, of mm-hmm. course, now we can anyone with a nose can smell it and say, that's not all that's in there. A lot right. of people don't, don't know that they know me through through this store, and they know me through Hoodoo and Folk Magic. But a lot of people don't know I'm actually a certified clinical aromatherapist. Oh, my. Um, where... I tell you know here in America it's a ti- it's a title with no little meaning because we want you to go to the pharmacy mm-hmm. so we don't recognize it but mm-hmm. you know if we lived in Europe a doctor could write a prescription and send you to me mm-hmm. but wow. it means you know that just means a trained nose to know that scent is fake but sometimes fake things have a place um, you were talking about um, continued with the the pro uh, the different products that had there was one that we talked about right before the show started that called Jicky. Mm-hmm. And I looked at I looked up. I thought, well, what does Jicky mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
it's interesting that uh, Valmore had had that product called um, Lucky. I think it was Lucky Jicky. Mm-hmm. And Jicky was actually a perfume that was done in 1889, not by them, uh, by another company, and was considered the first abstract perfume on the market because it incorporated synthetic fragrances and it didn't focus on a single note. Mm-hmm. That's right. Jicky, Jicky is a was a very popular perfume in its day, and um, Morton Newman at Valmore made a copy. It was it was no longer. Uh, you know, covered by patent or trademark at that right. point because, you know, he and so he made his own. Another early one is Jockey Club. And there I was are several... just about to say it. You, you totally psychic to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jockey Club um, is a, basically an English um, uh, fragrance. And Jockey Club um, became very popular among African-American jockeys who were, um, you know, in the day before, um, after emancipation and before the Jim Crow laws, most of the jockeys in America were black. I don't know if most people know mm-hmm. that. And uh, Jockey Club was a perfume that they used for winning. And yeah. um, by the 1940s, uh, Valmore made a, both a Jockey Club and a Jicky, and then they made something called Jicky and Jockey, which was the two mixed together, <laughs> half and half. Well, you know, and Jicky also had a slang term. It was considered to be someone who was, like, really sexy and appealing, but they were hard to get a hold of. But once you got a hold of them, it was, you know, super hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Another one, an old one, is um, the perfume that, I knew originally as Kiss Me Now from Valmore when I was a kid. Valmore was still in existence, and that was Kiss Me Now. But um, I found an old recipe for Kiss Me Quick, and that is what he based it on. Yes. And um, it's the same recipe. I mean, he his recipe was the recipe for Kiss Me Quick, which, again, had gone out of trademark at that point. It was an old, uh, you know, English um, bouquet. And another um, one that I really liked a lot that I, again, found in some of these older books. There was a, um, a what was sometimes called Oriental Bouquet. And Oriental Bouquet was used um, with different names, Knights of the Orient, and different, you know, um, different people would put different names on it. But that's another mm-hmm. 19th century perfume that became very popular in hoodoo under a variety of names. It was also Queen a of Kiss the, Me Queen Again. Of, Queen of the Night is one of them. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what did you say? There was, there was also a Kiss Me Again. Kiss Me so Again. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining somebody putting on the Kiss Me na- Kiss Me Now or Kiss Me Quick. And then, yeah. uh, hold on a minute, I've got to change perfumes. <laughs> kiss Me Again. Well, I think, well this, this, I think, uh, brings up a really important part in that there is an intersection here between perfumes and oils. We often think of them as kind of separate, right? You Hoyt's cologne versus the oils you put on your candles. But there is actually a place in which historically these two have over, over intersected with one another, Kiss Me Now being a prime example of it. But this is something that I tell clients about mixing oils, is that scent plays a huge role in mixing oils. It's not just what you hope to achieve. That is, oh, I want, I want him to love me, but I want to be uh, in charge, so I'm going to put a little bit of domination. I'm going to put a little bit of love me. That's one approach towards mixing oils. The other approach is the approach of the perfumer who's going to smell the sort of base notes in those oils and see which of these work together. If you're creating a love oil and you've mixed to the point where the scent becomes 
repugnant, that it's, it's repelling, then you're kind of working against the uh, kind of intended goal. So perfume and scent plays a big role, for me at least, in mixing oils. So when I mix and combine, I don't just mix in terms of like, oh, these are the things that I want. This is the sort of end goal that I want, or this is the sort of condition that I want to create. I also mix in terms of what smells right together. Some things just don't smell right together, and I wouldn't mix them together. Like something that's very floral and then something that just it just doesn't work with that floral note. You've got to be able to have a nose for that. And I tell clients to smell the oils, not just to dump them in together, but to smell what's in there. Does it smell right? Does your spirit sing when you smell these things together? Just go, oh, no, mm-mm. But so many times instinct will tell you, I mean, a good nose too, um, yeah. you, you know, so many flowers, herbs, roots, minerals have these magical connotations to them. And I tell when I try to explain to people how herbs and flowers are magical, you know, that we pick them for the historical magical use. I said, there's a just think about roses on Valentine's. I said, mm-hmm. you associate that with love. I said, now, what would you think if someone handed you a bouquet of stinkweed on Valentine's? <laughs> You're 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 not going to like that message, right? Um, you know, there's a there's a a thing that I have noticed, and Ollie brought this up, which is about perfumed oils versus perfumes. Now, perfumes are yeah. alcohol based, and mm-hmm. oils um, are oil based. And I've taught this in my classes, and I don't think it's a surprise to too many people, but someone new to the show might need to hear this message. Why do we use oils in hoodoo? The answer is the um, Volstead Act, the um, the banning of alcohol um, and the yeah. prohibition of alcohol led to the inability of people to get alcohol to make perfumes. And these little small perfume mm-hmm. companies began to convert to scented oils because oil there was no regulation yeah. on. And you needed federal tax stamps and everything to get alcohol. And all the alcohol was being as fast as it could be made. It was being used for illegal drinking. So um, after the end of um, the Volstead Act in 1935, the makers of Hoodoo perfumes didn't go mm-hmm. back to alcohol because why bother? <laughs> you could mm-hmm. already, mm-hmm. People had already become habituated to using oils. And so the use of oils is a new world phenomenon. You don't see it as much in the magic of, say, Germany, Italy, Greece, whatever. They would be mm-hmm. more likely to use a perfume. And at that point, the dosing of perfumes became popular because you were going to kind of blend that perfume to to go the way you wanted it to go magically. But there were still people making perfumes, like Valmore. Morton Newman did make a few perfumes. Hepcat perfume is one of my favorites. But... um, but he didn't. Um, he didn't specialize in that anymore. He he stayed with oils, and the oils were. Uh, but when I was a kid, the oils were used also as the basis for bath crystals and, um, you know, uh, sachet powders and so forth. The essential oil blends. So it kind of spread out from there. But really, and if better you for anointing to, candles. Yes, yes, and you would never use alcohol for anointing a candle. My gosh, it would go up in flames. Right. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so, um, so the uh, the oils were used that way, and there was also because um, most Black Americans of that time period um, who practiced Hoodoo were Christians, and most of them, by a far number, were Baptists. And Baptists tend to go with the Old Testament more than the New Testament. They're really into the Old Testament, and so they got into the anointing oil 
stuff. And even that, you can see it in the New Testament in some places. But the idea of anointing oils, like I mentioned earlier in the show, oil of gladness, these are, are recipes that come right out of the Bible and therefore mm-hmm. have a certain currency or, or gravitas to people who are Christians, and they will use them magically. So the um, the switch from perfumes to oils happened only really in the U.S., but other countries followed suit. You'll find Mexicans now using oils. Anybody who's ever mm-hmm. made that switch realizes it's so much easier to make oils. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for anyone who wants to make their own perfume, they're, um, not. I don't think every state sells it. Um, it's called Everclear, pure grain oh, yeah, alcohol. Everclear, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yes. it, in chemical composition, it's the exact same thing as perfumers-grade alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you can you can certainly work with um things like that. There are also people because alcohol is um you know, pretty strong stuff chemically. There are people such as me, I don't like um alcohol notes. The fragrance of alcohol is a little yeah. alarming to me. I will accept it in a really high grade perfume where there's a high amount of essential oil. But I don't like what you were calling and what they usually call abstract perfumes. Um, they bother me because they're, they, they're, it's like I smell all this alcohol and then I smell what are seem to me like chemicals. And so those mm-hmm. kind of perfumes are very disturbing to a tourist like me. I would rather smell – I mean, you can't do any better for me than just to open up a bottle of Calamus essential oil. I mean, I don't need anything after that. That's it. You know, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> It's like, it's so natural, it's so good, 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 it's so yummy, delicious. Um, And this brings me to another thing I wanted to mention, which is inspiration. When I teach uh, my classes on uh, oil making and also on herbs, I talk about inspiration. Inspiration literally means to breathe in. And we've all had this experience where you're breathing like the scent of a flower, like a rose. Rose is one of the most inspirational flowers. You breathe... And then you breathe again before you breathe out. It's <gasps> You breathe like that. And that is the sign that that fragrance has done something to your brain. And mm-hmm. any flower or scent that is inspirational to you, and this is a genetic, not everybody is inspired by every uh, fragrance, but any fragrance that's inspirational to you, you should have in your personal perfume. And so for mm-hmm. me, rose is one, calamus. Uh, there's just those ones that I breathe them in and I just do that second breath, the inspiration. And it's very important in making a signature perfume for yourself or in working with blends that you like. You'll also find there are makers of perfume who hate certain scents and try to avoid them. And, well, such it is. <laughs> well, and like patchouli. Um, a lot of people, they either love or they hate patchouli. Yeah, I know. Isn't that funny? But, but a lot of them don't know that patchouli has this um, um, threshold because uh, in perfumery there are top notes, middle notes, and base notes, which just means mm-hmm. it's it's almost like the the fattiness of the molecules, how long mm-hmm. the scent stays around. Mm-hmm. Top notes fade away quickly. Middle notes hang around a bit. You know, base notes hang around a long time. But if you mm-hmm. have top notes that don't want to hang around, if you add a tiny bit of patchouli, it makes it last longer. There's a threshold where you have to do it drop by drop because mm-hmm. there's a point where you smell the patchouli. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's a point and below that where you don't. 
Yeah, it's a. It, these are sometimes called um, fixatives, but they they will fix the top notes. Um, and um, evanescent top notes. If if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, citrus is very evanescent. And if you make a perfume that has, um, just as an example, citrus and vanilla, and if you come back five years mm-hmm. later, it's going to smell like vanilla. The citrus will have all gone away, and it'll it'll be. Um, evaporated but also molecularly some of the evanescent notes actually bond with some of the other molecules and create new fragrances mm-hmm. and so there are fragrances where you can <clears throat> make a I have one that I make up which is a what is called a transforming perfume you put in one thing you put in another thing you shake it up and you have to wait about a half an hour and you open up that bottle, and it smells like a third thing. It doesn't smell like the two together. They bonded the, They bonded in some way. And those transforming perfumes are very hard for a perfumer to crack and figure out what they were made out of. And that's why you shouldn't buy a perfume. As soon as you try it, you should wait about 10 minutes before you and smell it again because the top notes have begun to fade away. And they'll mm-hmm. smell different on your skin than it did in the first few seconds of spraying it. And also it depends on the acidity of your own skin uh, and the oiliness of your skin, uh, and that's individual. There are um, perfumes that smell really great on some people that don't smell good on other people because of the molecular bonding that's going on with that perfume literally on your skin. And um, I think most women know about this, but a lot of men are not trained in this art. Um, The art of the perfumer is based on more than just symbolic meaning. But mm-hmm. symbolic meaning does have a you know a, a role to play. Um, I, for instance, tend to find almost everything in the mint family a little a setback. In fact, opposite of inspirational, I, I jerk my head back. And um, this goes for very pleasant things like lavender, rosemary, sage, mint, uh, thyme, oregano, marjoram, all of those essential oils tend to make me kind of go, ooh, right? They set me back. I don't know why. It's just me. So I tend to use a smaller amount than a recipe might call for because I want to tone it down a little bit. There are other people yeah, for whom yeah. those those particular mint families, oh, basil's another one. Basil's pretty much acceptable to me. But um, there's others that are people who just love mint, and they'll pour the mint on. There was one guy who used to make um, perfumed oils, you know, back in the old days, and had a conjure shop. Everything smelled like mouthwash to me. <laughs> it was just like wintergreen. Oh, and it was like wintergreen and mint, and I was just like, "What is this?" You know. <laughs> but everybody, you know, he was popular. Well, you know, and you can't put it down. I'm just, I'm, I'm laughing about it. But it's like cilantro. We all know there's a genetic reason that some people think cilantro is the most wonderful scent and taste, and other people say it tastes and smells like soap. True. Yeah. Very true, very true. There's two things about perfuming this that I, that I want to mention. One is that using perfumes to feed things is a really good practice. Um, mm-hmm. I know we've gotten into the habit of, for example, using oils on mojo bags and oils on roots, and those could be great. But I have found that perfumes work really well here. If you were, for example, working with lodestones, uh, Hoyt's cologne to wash them, fantastic. Hoyt's cologne to feed your John the Conqueror root, or perfumes to feed your mojo bags. 
you have a personal scent that you use, uh, using that to feed your mojo bag is a great, great practice. Uh, you don't have to be dabbing oils on mojo bags all the time. You can be using your perfume or your personal cologne for that. It's a great way of feeding it. It's a very powerful spiritual offering. Perfumes and colognes in general are very powerful spiritual offerings, so you can use it in that way. The other is that perfumes can be customized, as you rightly noted, um, and as Papa G noted earlier, that you can make your own scent, but if you don't have uh, you know, an expert nose for perfumery, you can do minor things that will help fix the scent for you. And that is, for example, adding sexual fluids to uh, certain uh, colognes or perfumes uh, or adding uh, John the Conqueror or Queen Elizabeth root or Calamus. These are three that are often added to a larger perfume. Let's say you have a particular cologne that you really like to wear or a perfume you like to wear. You can add a root, a single root to that or you can add sexual fluids that will help to customize that scent and spiritually attune it to you, as well as biologically, but spiritually attune it to you. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, and putting in, uh, dosing your own perfumes is a very old way to work. Uh, in the chat room, um, uh, Shiva just mentioned uh, the Magical Child, the Warlock Shop, shop and Herman Slater and his um, – Mm. Oh, I was going to call it pathological <laughs> use of lavender. <laughs> I have no other word for it. This is a man who never met the perfume or oil that lavender could not improve. <laughs> and he was known for that. Um, yeah, attunement, attunement, definitely. Um, well, I I really uh, have to say that we know so much about this material, and we may want to come back and do a second show yeah. on magical perfumery because we've barely scratched the surface here and I love having Papa G and but we gotta go now to our clients and, and do some reading. And like I said, if, if there had been no sign ups I would have talked about this for two hours. But as it is, we're gonna go get our clients and um but Papa G promise me you'll come back and do another you know, perfumery part two, okay? Oh yeah, we've got lots more to say. We haven't even begun to cover it. And one more thing. Papa G promised me he was going to send me some of his perfumes. And those of you who remember the show where we reviewed his fantastic tea, we're going to do a, a, a perfume review of Papa G's perfumes. I promise. Oh, very cool. <laughs> okay. I think it'll make you a custom blend without lavender or peppermint. Yeah, very much so. But put some calamus in. I'm yeah. writing it down. <laughs> Calamus. Here's what I go for: calamus, ginger, vetiver. I got I that love kind vetiver. of thing going. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah. Great. I mean, yeah, you know, that's my thing. Um, and I will say, I also like a good fake gardenia when I can get it. I've got a good one. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I know what I like. Um, we haven't even talked about how some of these perfumes smell like food and, and why. And oh, we, There's so much more to talk about. All right. Papa mm-hmm. Newt is waiting, chomping at the bit to bring in our <laughs> reading client. Take it away, Papa Newt. 
The Lucky Mojo Hoodie Rupert Tower with your host, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest, Papa G, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies or remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum, please dial in now to 818 818- 394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code and if your area code is announced we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, pop a new, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to the host. Now it's time to, uh, to go to the phones and take our first caller and our first caller is a first time caller calling in from area code 760 in California. This is Marissa. Marissa, are you there? Yes, hello. Hello, and welcome to the show, and thank you for entrusting us with your situation today. Thank you. Um, I see that you have not had any private readings with Miss Cat or Contraband Ali, or have gone to any other readers and root workers on this particular situation. Is that correct? Right. Thank you. And Marissa writes, my partner broke up with me over Thanksgiving. We had an unbelievable connection, and it's uh, severed now because I had an untreated mental illness that became too much for him to bear. Our breakup was very abrupt, as he never mentioned this was an issue for him. I'm getting treatment now and believe things can be saved since the reason he left were uh, direct symptoms symptoms of my untreated illness and are now under control with medication and therapy. Is there any hope we can re- reconcile and get back together? Perfect, Ms. Hi, Marissa. Uh, thanks for uh, calling and trusting us with this question. I'm going to ask a couple of more things that were not in your note. What is your sign of the zodiac? Cancer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what is his sign of the zodiac? Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you a couple of pieces of advice based on that. I'm going to ask one other question. How long were you together? About two years. Mm. So it was a good a good run together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing just based on, on uh, astrology, sun sign astrology, simple sun sign astrology. There are two signs that when they leave a relationship, um, they're not usually coming back. And those are Gemini and Sagittarius. And what we often say to people is um, let them go. Because if they come back, they'll come back spontaneously on their own. But Gemini and Sag are both mutable signs. They tend to leave. When they leave, they're done. And it's not anger. They're just going on to the next thing. So that gives you a a lesser chance of bringing the person back than, say, if the person was a Cancer, like you, or if they were a Taurus, or, um, you know, one of the more um, stable or fixed signs. Um, But if if the person is a Sag and they say they're done, they may actually have no intention of ever coming back. Now, having said that, I'm going to read three-card cut for you. Um, Card number one is a card of heartbreak. It's a very sad card. It's called the Three of Swords. And this shows a beautiful red valentine heart in the sky with three swords stabbed through it. And um, the 
clouds are raining and it's just a it's the ruination of a love it means heartbreak it's not a not a good card at all and this is the card of the immediate past and um this certainly did hurt you and tears probably did flow and it's it's just a a very sad card so i have sympathy and compassion for you because this hurt you a lot then Next card is called the Two of Swords. So now we have two Swords cards, three and two, next to each other. The Two of Swords shows a woman with a blindfold around her eyes. She's sitting on a little stone bench with her back to a body of water. And she has her arms crossed across her chest like an X, and in each hand she holds a sword. And the swords are held up, pointed up in the air, kind of like it makes a V. And then... In the space of that V, we see a little sliver of the new moon. And this is a woman, and she's in a nightgown. And this is a woman who is under what's called crossed conditions. Um, Things are difficult for her. And she has sadness and fear because of the past. That is the sword that points to the left. She has fear and trepidation about the future. That's the sword pointing to the right. And so she wants to protect herself but she has a blindfold on her eyes. And what is the best advice to give a woman in this condition is to set down your fears. Put down your swords. Put down your protection for just a moment. Then you can take the blindfold off, and then you will know if uh, you know that if things are going to stay bad or if they're going to get better. The little new moon says they will get better because it's the crescent moon, and it It's about spiritual healing, blessing, bathing, washing, and really helping yourself to a new life. Getting therapy is really good for you. And uh, talking about and getting rid of the past and not being anxious about the future is the key to being clear in the present and taking off that blindfold. That does not, unfortunately, going to work on this situation from the past, but it says you are on a good path to making yourself a happier, healthier person. And the third card is the card of justice. And this shows a a beautiful woman on a throne between two pillars, and she has a sword in her hand. But this is not a suit of swords card. She just happens to hold a sword. And she holds it upright and with her right hand. And with her left hand, she has a balance beam scale. Everything is in balance. It's perfectly level. And this says to me, that um, your job right now is to balance your own mental health and you will do so and you will restore yourself and things will be uh, much, much better for you. But Tarot doesn't read for the rest of your life. It doesn't say 16 and a half years from now this is going to happen. Tarot is a a short-term predictor, much like the weather report. So what I would say for three months here. I don't see this person coming back into your life in the immediate future. However, you will have a much better life balancing out things in your life, getting yourself together. If he does come back, you know, ask again later. But I would not say that at this time that is what I am seeing. All right, I'm going to turn it over to Papa G. Hello, Martha. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, I I pulled three cards, and I pull as I usually do. Sometimes I'll pull an additional one for you because the first three kind of mirror what Cat said. And the first one was the Page of Swords in reverse. 
when and when this it shows a, a person a single a page can be in tarot it can be male or, or female sometimes it's a princess card or a page card but in reverse it's about un, undelivered promises and sort of an all talk and no action card so you had mentioned that your mental illness had never been a problem in the past for him but this card indicates that Maybe he never let it show, but there may have been some indications that it was wearing on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so there may have been little hints here and there in the past. Or, you know, it may have been some some broken promises of, I'm sorry about this argument, you don't understand where it's coming from, I'll do better in the future, and of course it didn't take place was it did anything like that occur yes absolutely that's that's really um speaking to the situation so that's the card of the sort of the past and where you are uh, where you were and where you are the advice card it's it's actually the eight of swords and it's also in reverse that shows the woman who's blindfolded and bound she's surrounded on the back of her by eight swords um she's loosely bound she can get out of it if she wants to but in reverse, it's it's a card of like releasing your skeletons from your closet, um, sort of like drowning in the details of the of the what's going on in your life. So, in this case, I take it as you have a lot of things you need to focus on yourself, and throwing him into the mix with it may not help you with your own recovery. You know what I mean? Or or learning to. Learning a new way of life on medication, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then it's followed by the Five of Wands, which to most people it looks like a, a big battle going on, but it's more of a competition card. Um, and it deals with things like disagreements and having different ideas about things. So the three of these shown together doesn't really show him reappearing, but it shows the, you know what led up to everything and that, more so you need to focus on yourself. And it it doesn't seem to be very positive, which is why I pulled a fourth card. I'm like, where is this going? Mm-hmm. And it, you did get a positive card. It was the magician card, hmm. which is about creating a new a new life. So he may not be in the mix, but a new good life is coming. Wow. That's a very it's very similar to what I did, but a different way of approaching the same thing. And I this is always Mercy, because you're new to the show, you don't understand perhaps that we don't always draw exactly the same kind of reading. We get, you know, variations. Papa G and I often are really close. Also, me and Ollie, we have this this, this thing. We 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 kind of read each other's mind. But the fourth card, the magician, I did not I did not call pull a fourth card. And I'm glad that you did, Papa G, because that's about transformation, personal transformation. It's a very good card. So let's turn this over to Conjurman Ollie and see what he has to say about what you can do. Yeah, I think you've gotten some fantastic readings here. And your situation is not an easy one. A person who is a, a cancer uh, holds on and, and often will hold on far longer than they should. Uh, and it can be particularly hard when that person moves on. But there are some very clear indications here that even if this person does come back, um, the very framework of his re- of their return is 
is worrisome for me. Oh, I've got my mental health stuff under control, so now that shouldn't be a problem. Well, it shouldn't have been a problem in the first place. You guys are partners. Part of being partners is working through that stuff together. You're not meant to be a burden for that person, and if he sees it as a burden, then that should tell you something. So I think part of the work that I'm going to give you here is about healing, is about helping to manage the situation that you're in, to heal the heart, to heal the mind, to help you to move forward, but also to come to a place where you can kind of accept uh, your, yourself and, and your circumstances for what they are, to not view them as something shameful uh, or hindering any potential relationship in the future. So what I actually want you to do is start off with a bath, and I think bathing here is going to be really good, particularly because you're a cancer. And we're going to work with a sort of interesting mix here that is going to deal with uh, healing the mind, healing the heart, uh, but also to bring an element of clarity as well here. So I want you to get basil, rue, and agrimony uh, along with violet leaves and brew this into a tea. You're going to pour this out into a bath, draw yourself a bath, pour the tea in there, Add a little bit of coconut water and some splashes of Florida water. Swirl your hand around that bath and let yourself kind of soak. This is a really fantastic uh, bath. It helps to kind of cool things down. Uh, it brings clarity. It cleanses away uh, negativity. This is really, really good, uh, particularly when it comes to kind of mental health issues. I usually recommend this type of bath for both physical healing, spiritual healing, and mental healing as well. Uh, you're going to use this bath as many times as you see fit. I don't want to give you a set number because I want you to put this into your repertoire. You're going to use this as often as you need. Maybe it's once a month. Maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's every once in a while as a touch-up. But use it as much as you'd like. Every time uh, you let yourself soak, let yourself kind of sit in that bath water, then air dry, gather a bit of the used bath water, and dispose of it off of your property into some type of running water. The next thing I want you to do is to create a mojo bag that will help you to move forward, to heal the heart, to heal the mind, but also to kind of open you up for what's to come. Uh, I want you to get Queen Elizabeth root, Angelica root, Althea, violet leaves, and white roses. You're going to gather all of this together with your uh, mojo bag, and you're going to put it into the mojo bag one by one, praying over each element, asking for its aid, Queen Elizabeth root to give you strength, to give you power, to help you move forward, Angelica root to bring in good spirits, Althea to bring in healing spirits, violet leaves to heal the heart, and white roses to open you up to the potential of new healing love. You're going to put this all into the mojo bag and breathe into it. You're going to breathe into it your prayer, tie it with a knot three times, and then feed it your personal perfume. You can actually put an Queen Elizabeth root into your personal perfume, whatever your go-to scent is, to kind of customize it and bring it. So you have one Elizabeth root in the perfume and one Elizabeth root, Queen Elizabeth root in the uh, mojo bag itself. The combination of the bath and the uh, mojo bag are going to be ideal here. The mojo bag here is going to be your spiritual ally. It's going to help you through this transition, through this moment in which you kind of are moving on. It'll be an ally and a helper so they don't feel alone. But it has a particularly great quality in that it will bring other helpers to you. So 
Be mindful as you work this mudra bag, feeding it once a week, praying over it, keeping it on your body, that it will draw to you other helpers, friends, allies, people who will be in your life and help you to move forward. These are the kind of two that I see as the pillars of, of what you need. I don't sense that you're going to need a lot of, of root work or you need to do anything intense. Simply a little bit of cleansing and a little bit of support work to help you move forward. That's my recommendation. We've got a few minutes. Let's see if Papa G and Miss Cat have anything further that they'd like to add to this. Yeah. Um, first of all, Papa G mentioned in the chat room there's a lot of synchronicity on this show, and this does mm. fit. And Queen Elizabeth Root, which you mentioned, is another one of those fixative notes. And Queen mm-hmm. Elizabeth Root um, will fix other perfumes and make them longer lasting. Just saying. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really valuable use in making sachet powders as well. Um, I think this is a, a very good way to work. I would add only perhaps one other thing, and this comes from wherever your basic tradition. I don't know you. You're new to this show. You may be new to what we do here. Some people work with coins. Some people work with crystals. Some people work with petition papers. Some people work with prayers. But when you make that mojo, see what you can add. There's just a little personal note. Some people might, for instance, use just a little piece of um, quartz, uh, clear quartz for clarity of mind. would be a good thing to mm. use. And there are other uh, types of things. Some people will use a coin of their birth year, or they might write a petition um, a paper, you know, either using scripture or from their own heart, you know, um, clarify my mind and let me walk forward, always surrounded by good spirits, good thoughts, and and the ability to um, help myself to a, a better, calmer life. Um, what do you think, Papaji? Also, you can, um, I tell people, you were talking about using like a stone or a gemstone or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always tell people with the whatever they make, whether it be an oil or a perfume or something, they can also put it on a piece of jewelry that they wear every time they leave the house. Something they wear all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So it carries that with you. It's sort of like we all lock down our houses with love or protection and everything, mm-hmm. but then we walk out the door and we're wandering in the world outside of that environment. So you can always anoint Maybe there's a necklace you always wear. Maybe you deserve to get a new necklace or something you always wear. Um, sort of carry yeah, that I, with you. I, this is, again, Papa G and me are like, like two little twinsies here. Um, I wear a particular type of jewelry that's made with gemstones, different gemstones for different purposes, and they are made hollow in the back where the stone will be, the light will shine into them. And they are Mm -hmm. wonderful for putting in just a touch of perfume in there, and they really hold it. You can smell it in the the jewelry. And and that would be something that a necklace is always very good. You touch it, and it'll empower you. Or a bracelet made of lava rocks. Yeah, exactly, a bracelet, yeah. Um, all right, well, thank you uh, for uh, entrusting us to, uh, to do a reading for you. And call back, we uh, ask that you you know, call back within six months or so if you have another question or if things have changed. We'd love to know where things are going and if you want another reading. Uh, now we're going to turn this over to Papa Newt, and we're going to um, see what he has to say. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. 
and by the Association of Independent Readers and Reworkers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandreworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client. And our next client is calling in from area code 619 in San Diego. This is Jasmine. Jasmine, are you there? I am. Hi, welcome to the show. And I see you. this is your first time calling in in South Lake Saints. It welcome. is. I've, I've <laughs> called in before, well, tried to call in before, but I didn't get that far. So I'm well, glad we were able to get you in tonight. <laughs> now, I do see Thank that you, you have not had any readings with uh, Conjurement Ali or Miss Cat or have gone to I any other not. readers on this particular situation, correct? I have not, no. All right. And Jasmine writes, I currently work in a toxic environment, a hospital, that I've been trying to leave comfortably for months now. I am unsure what my path purpose is and what my calling is and what direction I should be heading. I'm currently learning tarot, magic, spell work, Reiki, healing, and other relate, uh, related, and am wondering if I if that's my path uh, pursuit, and what or how what I can do to set myself up to leave that job and work for myself. Turn back to you, Miss Ken. All right. Well, Jasmine, it's so interesting that your uh, name is Jasmine. We were just talking about white flower perfumes, and all mm. white flower perfumes always have jasmine in them. <laughs> Yeah, my dad named me that for that reason. (laughs) Oh, really? Wonderful. Yeah. It's a beautiful scent. It's a lovely scent. Um, So um, I'm going to ask a question. You said you work in a a hospital. Are you in nursing or in management, or what is your role? No, I'm I'm a phlebotomist. I draw the blood. Ah, phlebotomist. Okay, great. So you're in more technical and and working with patients. Okay. And then the other question I have is what is your sign of the zodiac? My sun sign is um, Virgo, and I believe my moon is Sagittarius. Oh, okay. Well, Virgo is very good for a phlebotomist. Um, Virgos tend to be extremely orderly in their thinking. They're very good at technical jobs. They make good accountants, bookkeepers, and they are very comfortable doing a portion of a big, big job. In other words... They're not the total care physician. They're going to do their narrow thing, which they do very well. And so that is a good job for you, I'm just saying. But it may be a bad environment. Mm-hmm. Now, right. you, asked, you asked about learning to row, magic, spell work, Reiki, healing, and other related practices, and maybe seeing mm-hmm. if you could have a living at that. So I'm going to turn this over to Ollie, and he's going to do the first reading. Thanks, Ken. Uh, what is, if you don't mind me asking, how, roughly how old are you? I am thirty-four. You're thirty-four. You're so well out of your, your yeah. okay. You're out of your Saturn return. It's an important question because whenever you're asking about transitions, you want to know where someone is. I pulled three cards right. here, and, and and the overall answer here is yeah, you have a really good, an interesting path ahead of you. First is the Page of Wands. This is a person who is uh, performing measurement. Uh, some people call it the geometer. This is a young individual, a page, who is standing out in the desert. He's got a staff in his hand. Uh, in many ways, this is very much speaks to what uh, Kat was talking about, as Virgo's doing one part of something or a piece of something for something much larger. The Page of Wands is performing measurement that will then be handed over to the architect who will be doing the actual designing uh, of what's going on there. So there is 
that's where you are right now. And it also tells us that you have a certain level of skill, that even if you move out of, say, the medical profession, uh, there are still skills that you will take with you, like attention to detail, bedside manner, so on and so forth. All these kind of skills that you've developed in your current profession will help uh, you move forward. And these are skills that you should take with you. These are uh, things that you have cultivated. You should be proud of what you've cultivated. And start to think of transferability. How can you now transfer those skills elsewhere? Where can you take the uh, skills you've developed and apply it in whichever direction that you want to go? And the direction should be in towards some form of spiritual work. You are still building up towards that, so be patient with it. But spirituality and spiritual work is definitely in your future. The judgment card is the next card, and it tells us that it will be the key to reviving uh, your path. It will move out of the state that you're current currently in. Uh, working in a toxic environment is like uh, one of the worst experiences you can have, particularly as a Virgo. That sort of a very strong earth sign. You need to be in an environment that nurtures you. You need to be in an environment that challenges you. You need to be in an environment that values you. And I don't see that that's happening right now. You need this new shift, and this shift is going to revive uh, everything that's kind of fallen to the wayside. It's going to bring passion into your life. It's going to rekindle your interest. It's going to make you feel truly fulfilled. So the transition job-wise is actually going to open up multiple doors for you, both emotionally, spiritually, uh, and other avenues of your life. So bear that in mind. This isn't just going to be, oh, I'm leaving one job for another, but you're going to see an entire lifestyle change uh, coming your way with this transition. And the Page of Pentacles tells us kind of where you should go or what you should do next. So you have two pages uh, in this reading, the Page of Wands at the beginning and the Page of Pentacles at the end. And the Page of Pentacles is the card of studying. It is the page that is dedicated towards learning. So start by being a student. Um, if you're not, for example, uh, enrolled in the Hoodoo Root Work Correspondence course, you start there. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity to become a student and learn more about root work, learn more about uh, readings. If you haven't considered magical coaching by various, um, you know, authentic uh, practitioners, then you should consider some form of magical coaching. Whatever knowledge you have, know that you still have some time as a student ahead of you. And that's your first step. They're slow. It's the building blocks. It will take time. But it will build towards something that is viable and, more importantly, something that you can make money off of. You can have a really independent uh, lifestyle and one that you can, you know, make a good living off. The Page of Pentacles is a coin that is being received here. So I do see good things ahead for you. The path ahead is going to take some time. You need to work on building the building blocks. You need to work on being a student. You need to work on getting the necessary skills that are needed for spiritual work while transferring what you've already learned. But know that it will come with a sort of resurrection um, of uh, your interests and passions. It will bring about a lifestyle change. I do see that this is a path forward, so this is a very strong green light, and 2020 is going to be the year that you'll have to transition. It may take a little bit longer than you expected. Don't, you know, you don't expect to put up a shingle in the next month or two, but by year's end, I think that you will be in the right place uh, to move forward. So that's what I see here. I'm going to turn this over to Papa G, who's going to do your next reading, and then Miss Kat, 
uh, who has helped many people put up their shingle and many people actually go into this business is going to give you Rootworker device. You're in very good hands here. Hello, Jasmine. Hello. The three that I pulled continue, once again, the theme that Conjurman Ali laid out because the first one I have is the Eight of Cups. And this actually shows there's eight cups in the foreground. There's a man, and you see his back, and he has a staff, and he's walking away. There's no other way to put it. I call this the fuck it card, <laughs> meaning, fuck it, I'm out of here. That's <laughs> what I've been, I swear I've been thinking that, you know, I, I've been really feeling like that, but I'm like, how am I going to pay my bills? Like, I'm not <laughs> set up for that yet, so. Yeah, because it deals with, I've done all this work, I've laid all this stuff out, and this is not the way I turned, <laughs> it, things turned out to be, so it's sort of, and that card of, I'm, I'm ready to abandon this, but it's also... Right. It also deals with escapism, so you have to look at it on the reality part of what's going on in your life. Because the card that follows behind it is the Hierophant. Um, and this, you know, this shows it's a Pope figure. Um, a spiritual teachers, which you're going to be turning to um, as you mm-hmm. learn things like, um, did you say also Reiki and things like that? Correct. Okay. And I am in school currently as well for digital cinematography. So I, I'm working full-time in school full-time, and I'm learning all this other spiritual stuff on the side as well. So you've got your irons and all the fires. But there's there's yeah. also something that I read about this card recently mm-hmm. that really struck me, and I'm like, oh, I've never looked at this card this way. That the Hierophant was considered to be the middle school principal of the Tarot, and he gives very practical advice, but it's very boring. <laughs> meaning, meaning, so it just says, yeah, don't just walk away from your job because you're not you're not going to pay the rent with just Reiki right now. So <laughs> right, right. So it so it throws in that practicality of of, of plan and baby steps for your future because the future's coming because it's the six of pentacles <clears throat> you know the six of pentacles shows someone uh, um, giving alms um, it's a card of charity and generosity but they can also be generosity towards yourself but mm-hmm. but to me this signifies more where you want to move into a place where you care for people not just on the physical level but on the spiritual level where um that's what you're doing. You're you're nurturing souls instead of bodies. So it looks like it will all happen for you. It's just a transition in baby steps. Um, if you're good, I always tell people to do pros and con lists. And mm-hmm. how are you going to get there? Because it shows you will get there. It's just don't walk away from what you're doing at the moment. All right. Well, it's interesting that you just sort of threw us for a loop here with the digital photography, and I have to say that's that's your Virgo again. Um, Virgos are very precision-minded, and that might be something they, they make very good photographers. And back in the old day when photography was developed with chemicals in a dark room, it was Virgos mm-hmm. who had all the timing and with chemicals, and, uh, you know, that's, it's that precision thing, that technical thing. It's very good. Um, so I'm going to give you some... Um, a root work advice, and I'm going to um, kind of gear this toward, um, well, let's see where where you're going to go and what you're going to do. Um, okay. I would, for starters, um, make yourself a 
a list of where you want to be. This has now become a little bit all over the map for me. I'm a Taurus. I like things like in one direction. Digital photography and Reiki, and I'm going, whoa, what's it going to be? Just anything yeah. to get you out of phlebotomy? So, no, well, um, the digital cinematography was, um, oh, was kind of yeah. like a, yeah, it's, it's kind of like me trying to figure out what I like, what I'm good at, so that can mm-hmm. try to help under- direct me on you know, right, I understand. So, so the, 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 these are like now you got three different things going on. So this is part of being a Virgo. Also, the the negative part about being a Virgo, it is a mutable sign, and they do change their direction a lot. And as far as being mutable Earth, it's like a a, a ground that is plowed and in furrows, and then you plant broccoli one year, and then you rip it all up when the broccoli's done, and you plant uh, clover, and then you rip that up, and then you plant tulips. It's Virgos will do that, but they do it at a slower pace than some of the other mutable signs. So I'm going to give you some ideas for what to do. I'd like you to make a road opener um, altar, and this is a way to open your roads for every different thing you want. Now, you've mentioned a, a spiritual path, which mostly seems to center on two things. One is divination, that would be tarot and so forth. And the other Mm -hmm. is treatment, which would be Reiki, right? So you have spiritual divination, spiritual treatment. Then you have digital cinematography. And you also still have phlebotomy if you got to a different hospital, right, where where the environment was better, or if, God forbid, the toxic people died in a head-on car crash, and you were left to pick up the pieces and have fun, right? right. So you, you don't want to abandon something you know and got a, and got certi- certified in. So you have four mm-hmm. paths open that I see, and I want you to get a candle, and that will be a, a white candle, and you can use that to represent yourself. You're going to get four candles to represent the four roads that are there, and I'd like you to um, address each candle appropriately um, with an oil that symbolizes, like phlebotomy would be maybe a Mars oil. It might be a red candle that's about blood. Um, digital cinematography, probably orange and mercury oil because, you know, mercury and uh, and uh, digital stuff go very well together. You put a little bit of Uranus oil mm-hmm. in there too. Um, divination, you might want to use something like um, psychic vision oil. And um, and maybe, um, uh, you know, the candle for that could be um, uh, pale blue uh, for clarity. So you might mix clarity oil with it. And then the, um, um, the fourth path, which is the path of reading. Well, that was reading. So the fourth uh, divination, the fourth path is the path of healing and treating people with Reiki. Um, you could use a, a light blue candle for that or a white candle. And uh, you would want to put into it some spiritual oil having to do with healing, for instance. Healing oil would work. Mm-hmm. And you're going to put these candles, and I'm going to tell you a type of spell that was popularized back in the day by a lady who used to go under the name of um, Lady Sheba. Jessie Wicker Bell was her name, and she came out of Wicca. But she had a wonderful way that she had learned hoodoo, and she had come up with this interesting way of taking candles and rotating them around the central candle. But they're going to rotate outward also. So you're going to start with these four candles, and you're going to light them. And then as they burn, and you're going to ask for these roads to open, and it's like you're making a clockwise spiral, and they just go out and out and out until they've gone all the way around the circle one time. And yet by the time they're done, they will be far, much farther out. Does that make sense to you? Do you understand the vision I just showed you? Kind of. 
Okay. Well, let's try it again. I'm going to try. It has to. So, so you got four candles here at nine, twelve, mm-hmm. three, and six, and you move okay. them clockwise. So nine goes to twelve, but it doesn't oh, quite gotcha. go to twelve. It goes outward. It's it's twelve, but then it's out of step, and twelve goes to three, but it's out of step. So as they turn, as they rotate, as you're burning them, they get wider and wider and wider until they may end up at the edges of your table, right? And gotcha. Jesse Wickerbell taught this way of working to increase the the territory that you want and to open your roads in all directions. Now, if you physically have a map, for instance, and you wanted to take on more territory, you could do that. You could also put at the ending points symbols of each, the Reiki symbol, a symbol, a tarot card, whatever it's going to be that where you want to go to. And as these candles burn, as you go farther and farther out, you will take in more territory and have more possibilities. Very simple candle spell. That's what I would recommend for you at this time. And the big candle in the middle should be bigger than the others. That's your candle. It should just stay lit as these others go. And when the others are all done, they've all burned out, your candle remains and is still burning. Your candle should be dressed with something um, an oil that you just love the scent of that's personal to you. Um, you might want to use Queen Elizabeth root in oil because it's for female personal power. Gotcha. Okay. So mm-hmm. that is how I would do it. Um, let's see if anybody else has anything to add. I I think that um, this Papaji, I think that your cinema 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 photography will actually help you in the future. This isn't magical. This is more practical advice. Um, because if this is truly your passion, the healing arts, that will mm-hmm. help massively on doing things like a YouTube channel, TikTok videos. Right. I've been doing things, that too. <laughs> yeah, things that will promote you because YouTube is the second largest search engine on the Internet. Most people just think mm-hmm. of it as a place to do videos. So marketing is a big part of what we do. But always stay real. Whatever level you're on, be at that level. Don't act like you're on another one. And right. Your videos over time will get you business. That's a really good point. Also, um, there's something else about um, your experience in the hospital, which can serve you well, because you know quite a bit about how medical things work. And although you cannot prescribe medically, you will find if you have clients coming to you for Tarot, it helps you to know some of the um, medical background that they they should be looking out for. Same with people who have a law background and come to conjure and who do they can um, prescribe or, and um, and also give mundane advice about the law, although they're not actually giving legal advice, but they understand what it means. And I right. think that this is the more you bring to the practice of of um, reading psychic reading or healing, the better. I also would definitely say that uh, I'm I'm with Papa G on this one that the cinematography is a something you can also uh rely on if you run a store uh making short video clips that would run embedded in your website. So that's just another piece of advice. All right. Well, I hope that um you uh go forward and do what you want to do. Find the life you want to live. All right, we're going to turn this over to our favorite part of the show, the part where we have an announcement of our network schedule, and then we'll have a free spell for you. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Workout. 
Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie. Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain. Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse. Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay. Fridays, 6 to 7. All times Pacific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Papa G of southernfolkmagic.com in Nashville, Tennessee. Take it away, Papa G. Thank you, Papa Newt. Um, this is based on when, when we started talking about perfumery. I thought, what kind of spell can I tie in with perfumery? And this is actually based on a Hoyt's cologne working that you can find on the Lucky Mojo um, website. <clears throat> and I greatly altered it. So we're going to do it with Florida water. So what you're going to do is you're going to take a bottle of Florida water and remove the label. And next, you're going to cut out a piece of paper that's about the same size as the original label, and you begin writing on it at the beginning. It's, you can write the whole thing if you want, but Psalm 31 is very long, which is, I come to you, Lord, for protection. Never let me be defeated. You are a righteous God. Save me, I pray. Hear me. Save me now. Be my refuge to protect me, my defense to save me. You are my refuge and defense. Guide me and lead me as you have promised. So what this model is, it's it's part protection, and it's going to be uh, part blessing on your house. It's going to achieve two different things. Uh, then you're actually going to take write your name and the names of all who live in your household between the lines of the psalm that you wrote out. You wrap that uh, new label that you created around the bottle facing inwards so that the words are facing the, the liquid of the Florida water inside the bottle. And you can tape it to the bottle with something like clear packing tape so that it seals it and doesn't get wet and stays there. But you're going to add some ingredients to the bottle. So inside the bottle you're going to add a piece of an angelica root, and this is to receive blessings. You'll add some blue corn flowers, or you can replace it with lavender buds for peace in the home. Plantain will prevent uh, theft from happening in your house. A pinch of Epsom salt, which reverses any evil that may find its way to your home. Take three straws from your broom um, and make sure that you cut them short enough to fit in the bottle. And put those in the bottle, and it's to keep away unwanted visitors. And then you'll take a piece of tourmaline. I think that the um, tumbled is better because it won't flake off into the liquid. Uh, but it's for grounding, and it also thwarts um, neighbors who complain, have a complaint or something. So it keeps neighbors in check. So next you're going to take three white chime candles and anoint them with Lucky Mojo House Blessing Oil, and you burn one candle beside the bottle every day for three days, and you shake that bottle every day. You're also going to place a good loaf of bread on the other side of the bottle. And I mean, you know, a bakery bread or a sourdough bread, not a loaf of bunny bread. You, you mean a business <laughs> here. <laughs> and you leave it sitting there with those three days while it's, burnt, while it's burning. And when you're finished, you use the Florida water to anoint your doorways, your welcome mat, your front porch, and your mailbox. 
and then you take the bread and you pinch up the loaf of bread and spread it in your yard so the birds can carry your blessings and your protection up into the trees and throughout your entire neighborhood. Wow, that's really neat. So you pinch the bread into little pellets for the birds. That's lovely. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, it absorbs the energy of the candle and what you're doing with the bottle. It doesn't have any Florida water on it, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it's in that vicinity and it's sucking up the energy. That's 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 cool. Very nice. Very nice. I love that. Um, This is um, an interesting, uh, as I see, I know what you started with. and You you really developed something very new there and very beautiful. Um, This is not just a good protection spell, but it's also a good... Um, way for people to learn how experienced practitioners devise spells. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, you know, it, many of us, you know, have hundreds of these spells that we know from the past. But when, you know, when push comes to shove, we can make up one too. We're as good as the people of the past. And this is a lovely spell for protection. I think the um, voice Cologne also mentioned you could cover it in like Reynolds wrap so yes, nobody could see yeah. it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, that's a that's another way to do it. And um, and I have to say, I learned that uh, technique from Papa Jim of San Antonio, Texas. He was the Mister Tinfoil, as <laughs> I called it. <laughs> he put everything in in aluminum foil. And so, yeah, there. But you know, these things they enter into hoodoo because you know that couldn't have been back in ancient times. They didn't have that. You know, although if you go back to really ancient times, Contramanali will. Remind us that they had lead foil, won't you, Conjurman Ali? <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> I'm sure you, you can paint the well. bottle, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it used to be these old spells in Greece and Rome and in ancient Egypt. Uh-huh. Uh, they would wrap them in lead foil. Um, yep. <laughs> good old so, cursed tablets. Good old cursing tablets, that's right. Um and uh, there's another person who does something um, similar that you might want to check out, too, which is um, Dr. Jeremy Weiss has some ways of making um, uh, some of these uh, wrapped and, and, you know, done in metal, done on metal, and uh, folding them up in on, on thin metal. Very interesting way to work. And I'm going to give you another one, too, um, a tea light, you know, the old uh, the metal-style tea light. You can uh, make that into a little package amulet. And um, you put your prayers in it, fold it down, fold the two sides down, the other two sides mm-hmm. down. You've got a little, you've got a little metal packet. Anyway, that's aluminum also. Aluminum is great, great stuff. But I love this spell of yours because it is a wonderful protection spell. There are um, many ways to do protection. Some are against an enemy and some are to protect a location and a person. And this is what I would call the more general protection. This is not against somebody, right? This is just to protect you and yours. And so it's the kind of protection spell that would be um, used by people who are in generally a good condition. And um, I often get questions, do we need to cleanse first, do we, you know, before we do the protection? It's always good to clean your house first. But if yeah. you're feeling cl- clean, this is just a good general protection um, that would, would work um, without having to be, um, you know, obsessive about cleaning the house first. Mm-hmm. I always tell people mm-hmm. to cleanse themselves and then clean the house because they're a clean vessel cleansing the house. That's Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny because we get this question all the time at the Lucky Mojo Forum. People are saying, you know, I want to protect myself. Should I cleanse first? And I'd say, well, are you dirty? (laughs) 
know. I took a bath before I came on the radio. That's right. Well, exactly. Um, and uh, you can always add um, some of these um, spiritually active ingredients to your regular bath routine. All right. Well, thank you, Papaji. That was a wonderful spell, beautifully described, and I'm sure I'm going to add it to my repertoire. Oh, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. I might get you to write that one up because I'm working on a book on bottle spells. I'd I'd love to have you write that up and I could add that to it. Would I've got it typed. I can just send it to you. Oh, fantastic. I love you, Papa G. You're just such a, a cool dude. <laughs> we'll have you back on the show sooner than later, I hope. Oh, yeah. All right, well, we're going to turn this over to Papa Newt. He's going to, it's a two Papa, four tourist show, okay? <laughs> <laughs> And, and we're going to turn this over to Papa Newt. He's going to give us our uh, adios, and then we're all going to come back and say goodbye. Thank you, Miss Kat and Condiment Ali, and thank you, Papa G of SouthernFolkMagic.com in Nashville, Tennessee, for being our guest this week. We do invite you to join us next week when we'll have another special guest joining us from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, so stay tuned. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com and Condiment Ali at theconjurement.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Pop New, joining you from PopNew.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via LuckyMojo.com slash RadioShow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Chug Band playing the Chug Band Vaults. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. All right. Thank you, Papa Newt. Um, I just want to remind everybody, um, if you can't hear these shows live, you can catch them in the archive. They're available through links at forum.luckymojo.com. And um, we are uh, going to be introducing Oil of Gladness all over the place, so gladness will be yours if you haven't uh, picked up on that yet. (laughs) We're so glad for the gladness. And we've also um, introduced a a bunch of book specials. We've been giving away books at Facebook Fridays that we do at at Facebook every week. Now we're making those available to the public for reduced discount rates. That's all for me. Good night. Good night, all. Good night. Good night.